Welcome to a special Scottish documentary podcast on Austrian filmmaker uh, Michael Glavoger. Uh, Michael did a class for us, a masterclass for us, back in 2008, and we were very saddened to hear of his recent death due to malaria um, whilst filming in uh, Liberia in Africa. So to commemorate his life, uh, we're releasing a small podcast containing uh, three audio highlights from the class that we'll play in a row, covering... uh, his process, views on uh, documentary and fiction filmmaking and how he uh, worked with characters. First, however, via Skype, I'm speaking to Veton Nurkulari, uh, the artistic director of DocuVest in Kosovo, who will tell us more. Hi, thank you. Hi, Nats. How's it going? All good? Good. You, um, I, won't, I, won't keep you, uh, I won't keep you too long. So, yeah, um, I'll just start. Um, what... What can you uh, tell us about um, the man himself? Maybe for uh, those of us who don't know as much about him or weren't as familiar with his work, um, you know, what will be what will he be remembered for? Oh, it's a sad occasion. So, so what to say now? But I, I think he will be remembered as uh, one of the most prolific. Uh, uh, documentary and not only documentary filmmakers because he has made. Uh, several fiction films. What uh, I will remember him is, uh, as a very uh, great and honest man. I had the privilege to meet uh, Glavoga several times and to host him here uh, in, in Kosovo, where he gave a fantastic masterclass. I think he will be remembered uh, uh, for this ability to tell these uh, great stories from all over the world, from all corners of the world especially for his trilogy, but his work trilogy, and of course for his uh, uh, unique cinematography, his collaboration with Wolfgang Thaler. It's uh, such a great collaboration and, and uh, with, with this uh, amazing uh, cinematographer. <clears throat> and also, I mean, uh, getting to these difficult places or telling these difficult stories, uh, we, we must remember his uh, latest Film Horse Glory, where he he uh, moved with uh, with his camera to such fantastic places like uh, Bangkok and fish tank in Bangkok or, or in Bangladesh or, or even in, in in Mexico. So I think he will be remembered uh, as a, as a great storyteller, but also as a great uh, uh, filmmaker with a with a fantastic eye for 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 beautiful images. For um. What are people? What are people losing that they're not? You know, what what did he do that other filmmakers can't do or just haven't? Or what was so? What was specifically unique about about his work? Well, as I said, I think he, he had a, a fantastic eye for 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 uh, recording uh, beautiful things in, in, in most miserable places in the world. You know, we, we may remember the, the top of the volcano in, in, in Indonesia and these harsh working conditions. But to show it uh, in, in, in such a beautiful way, I, I have rarely seen. And I think he, he had this ability to, to see beauty in, 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 in a misery. 
if if I can put it like that. And I think he will be remembered uh, for that as well. And I think it, it was one of his greatest abilities to 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 find uh, to find beauty where most of us w would not be able, I guess. If if you were to say, you know, if people were to go away or people are, if you know were to go away and watch one one of his works, which one would you say would be the one to to go to? Oh. If I have to, yeah, if well, I if would say Working Man's Death. Yeah. Even though I like uh, Mega Cities uh, very much, I like Horst Lewis also, but I think uh, Working Man's Death was uh, a, a, a great achievement, in my opinion, to 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 show to show some sort of grandeur in 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 in, in miserable working conditions. So probably, probably I would, uh, I would uh, say working man's death. Okay. Um, do you know much about the project that he was actually working on um, when he was in Liberia? Uh, I know a little bit, yeah. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Mikhail sent me his new email contact just a couple of weeks ago. He also contacted uh, uh, at a very early stage of this project uh, when he was looking for fixes uh, uh, for the region. So I passed him a uh, few contacts, and just before you 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 uh, you rang, uh, I, I saw a couple of photos from the shooting uh, in Albania because I know that he was in Albania. He was in uh, all over the region in Croatia, uh, and I know about his great idea of just wandering around the world and, and shooting uh, shooting a film without script, without idea. Uh, and just recently I met a, a guy who was his fixer uh, around in the Balkans, uh, a Serbian filmmaker called Boris Mitic, and he also told me a little bit about this crazy drivings around the villages in, in, uh, in Croatia, uh, shooting part of the film. Actually, I didn't know he was in in Liberia, but I I knew that he 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 was somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, what what um when you spent a bit of time with him uh, when he came to your festival in in two thousand and twelve, I think what um what was it like actually spending time with him? Like, do you have any specific memories from that? Or oh, I have a couple of. Uh... Uh, great memories. The, the first one was uh, an email. Uh, actually, before that was a phone call from uh, from organizers of Sarajevo Film Festival, who I think uh, had a last edition of his film uh, to the festival, and both festivals were happening at the same time, and they were kind of writing or, or asking us to convince him to go to Sarajevo instead of, of coming to us, or kind of Maybe convince him to go to Sarajevo and then to us because he he promised that he would come. We we had already bought uh, his flight ticket, so in the end we found a solution that uh, actually he was such a generous man that he offered a solution that he said, "Oh come on, forget this flight thing. Uh, I will drive down. I will go to Sarajevo first. Then we'll come to Kosovo and then we'll drive back to to." That's the one memory. The other one. Pro probably uh, the one 
uh, when I saw him and, and, and the woman who was uh, with him is a sales agent mm -hmm. in front of the bar, they joined me, I, I offered the, them beers. And then we continued uh, drinking a couple of beers uh, just uh, behind the bar and, and watching the watching the sky and, and talking about life and music and, 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 and films. And also it was very, very, uh, uh, again, maybe generous in a way when, when I asked uh, him to do a Q&A and said, you know, I, I got uh, enough of Q&As and he was about to drive immediately after the, the screening of his film back to Austria. So he said, why don't we do a, uh, before the before the screening talk? So, so instead of doing a Q&A after, we did it before, <laughs> more like introducing him and, and his work and the film. Uh, and, and, then, and then we continued having a couple of beers uh, while people were watching uh, Horse Glory. Oh, brilliant. Um, well, uh... Yeah, I mean, thanks very much. That that's all I had noted down, really. Unless there's anything you'd like to add, um, add about about the man. I know that I will uh, miss him very much. It's uh, uh, really a unique. Uh, you know, we as organizers of film festival, we come to meet a lot of people, filmmakers, but I have rarely, if rarely, rarely met uh, a man like like Lavoga, and and he would be. He will be missed a lot, not only by me, but I think here's a role and, and people who got to know him. We, we are so terribly shocked and saddened today that, I don't know, I mean, it's just, uh, it's a terrible loss, not, not for us, but it's, first of all, for his family and friends, but also for the, for the filmmaking community, because we were so eagerly waiting to see what next he's going to do. Uh, so yeah, that's just uh, very, very sad. Yep. Well, um, thanks very much for taking the time to speak to me. Um, appreciate that. Uh, and I'll let you get back to um, organizing your festival or whatever you're, uh, <laughs> whatever you're up to you're at the moment. Blanket. Okay, no, thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay, now for Michal's class. Um, most of the time when I show my documentaries, I'm accused that these films are not documentaries. Uh, so this is like probably uh, even the, the starting point for, for our discussion or maybe for our uh, uh, little time together to, to view some films of myself and discuss some, some projects of, of you. Um, it's almost uh, probably a little anachronistic that uh, in this sense I do uh, say something about documentary. Uh, these documentaries that I do are, are in, in many ways old-fashioned. They're, they're shot on film, they, they're never shot on, on any digital medium, um, they are mostly projected in, in movie theaters and nowadays this is getting a little more common but when I shot the first uh, film Megacities that you will see today it was almost sort of forgotten that, that uh, documentaries make their way to, to movie theaters and they're very 
they're in, in, in a sense, they're the opposite to direct cinema. Um, I, I have the, the strong theory that without, uh, uh, maybe with the exception of a football match or a war, there is no situation in the real world that you actually can uh, capture in a way that you do not influence reality. Uh, so the films and uh, the approach to filmmaking that uh, you come across when you deal with my work is uh, something where I make it very obvious that, um, that you do influence reality. These films are about looking, these films are about a reality, but these films never pretend that there is any kind of private reality that you can enter with a movie camera without altering it. So what I do in the first place, I do alter reality to show reality. So I think it's a myth that you go somewhere and you think that when you take even a photo camera between you and me or between me and the politician, you do not change everything that would happen if you wouldn't have a camera. Even if you do an interview, you put a huge distance between you and the person you interview. At the moment you sit, make him sit in a chair, at the moment you stick a camera in his face, and at the moment you stand behind that camera and wire the person, you extremely alter reality. I think that documentary filmmaking and to show things from real life is, is also, and not so far from all fiction filmmaking, uh, a huge step towards altering reality and towards showing how it really is. And the last thing you would want to do if you show something that happens is to just film it. Because at the moment you, you put a camera up you change the perception just by framing. That's sort of the first step of creativity and the first step of showing the world. And I think that uh, to pretend that something is utmostly real in front of your camera is, is sort of the first lie you have to rid yourself when you start to make a movie. You have to think of how you want to present the world, how you see it, and what you see and what you feel when you see something. And then there is many means how you can capture that. There is uh, many uh, tricks and also many uh, uh, truthful approaches how to show so something like it really is. Um, the first clip I'm going to show you is uh, from the city of Bombay. It's, it's a documentary that was made in, the, in, in four different cities around the world. It's, this documentary is called Megacities. Um, and uh, my task when I set out to, to do this film was to, to look at cities and to look at a world that I didn't know so far. So my first approach was to start looking to start looking and to go out into a city and just to start filming is probably one of the most challenging things you can ever have. 
even if it's your own city. If somebody gives you a camera in your hand and go, says, go out there, go to the streets in Edinburgh and film something, you probably com you're completely lost. It's, it's really difficult to do that. Because if you have like a theme, if they say, um, make a movie about the hobos of Edinburgh, you would know where to go. Or make a, a movie about the nightlife of Edinburgh, you would know where to go. But if you are challenged with a task that namely is uh, go to this city and show me, show me the heart of this city, uh, it's getting very difficult because you have to go long ways. You have to walk long ways. You have to start looking. You have to, uh, you're challenged by the, enorm the enormous concept of the nothingness. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's always the, the challenge for a documentary filmmaker in a way to make something out of nothing. You, or the whole void of, of things that you could make a, a film about. There is so many things, there is so many, much reality that's always altered in time that sometimes it's very hard to limit yourself on what to see and what to do and what to film. For example, I made a film once about the political situation in Austria when there was a, a right-wing move. And so many filmmakers in my country uh, would come together and say, let's do something about that. And I, I, I set myself the task that I said, I'm going to hitchhike for three weeks all across the country, and whoever picks me up uh, will talk about politics in these days. So that's, that's what I actually did. I got a camera and a microphone. I hitchhiked. I stood on the side on the, of the street. And first I had like almost a little crew. We were two or three and nobody would pick us up. And then we would start filming inside of the car and it didn't work. And the whole concept was like interesting but too, too spread apart. We, we couldn't focus ourselves on how to do it. And in, in the end I did the whole film alone and I only made two types of shots. I had to find that out, how to do two types of shots. I, I, I sat into the car when somebody picked me up hitchhiking. I put a microphone on, on, the, on, the, on the belt, and I had it's the only film I did with a video camera. And I had a video camera, and I asked those people about politics. And, and the situation was in so far very interesting because people who drive a car, they watch the road. And when they watch the road, they're they let loose, they start talking. So I had one type of shot where the guy is in his car sitting talking about politics and another type of shot where Austria passes by. So uh, the whole film or the whole episode of these films, I only did with two types of shots because there was nothing else to tell. In the beginning, we started to film like cars passing by or, or the cars going over roadkill and we thought, yeah, we have to show the cars moving through the country. And the more and more I filmed, the more and more I threw it away because the two, the limitation, the, the actual real limitation to what was interesting was two types of shots, the guy driving and the country passing by. And I think with, with many, many things, that concern filmmaking, these kind of restrictions to find out what are the vital restrictions of you looking through a camera or working with a camera, that's what actual filmmaking is about. 
like like when you when you set out and and to get back to the example of the city when you set out and and you want to make a film about the rich and the poor of Edinburgh you're like doomed with your film because you're not going to make a relevant film about the rich and you're not going to make a relevant film about the poor you're going to say nothing because this is like methods of television to to show you much and show you nothing but but the interesting way of look, looking in terms of a documentary film is restriction. It's restriction to one way of looking and to look at one issue or one way. In, and, and, and in this kind of sense, you like get into a theme or get into a city or get into a life or get into a way of looking. You have to fight for the moment of truth. And to find it is something that has a lot to do with recreating it and not recreating it. You can never ever ask people to do anything which is not a vital part of their life. If you uh, ask a very honest person to steal something, you would see how ashamed he is to steal something. If you ask a bunch of street kids in Moscow to steal something, it will be the most normal thing of their life. They've done it a hundred times, so you can do it. But you have to have patience and you have to feel yourself into this situation with them, with the camera, and you have to get people used to a camera. Like an actor is trained to be used to a camera. A, a, an actor is trained to let his self-consciousness fall because the camera is here. He's more aware of the camera, but at the same time, he can let go. He can be somebody else, but a normal person cannot, unless he's a natural or unless he's stupid. I mean, you've got to be lucky in that sense. If, if people are conscious they're being filmed, your film is dead. And sometimes, and there is so many different methods of how you do that. Uh, like the very first day, when, when, when you get in touch with people like for a documentary who, who will be your protagonist, the very first day you arrive there with the camera, you can all, everything you film on that first day you can throw in the garbage if you're not prepared. Because they are, for one thing, their apartment will be cleaned up to the max, they will wear Sunday dresses, and they will be stiff as hell. It will not work. Even if three days before you say, please don't change your apartment. Please wear the normal clothes you always do. Please, it's only a little camera. It's not going to work because people want to be pretty. People want to present themselves. And people want to fake a completely different reality than they live in. So either you come there with a camera before and slowly, slowly, get people bored with that process, which is easy because filmmaking is very slow and very boring. And after like two days, everything falls. People get back to normal. You, you, you cannot create Sunday seven days a week. You, you, can, you, 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 you fall back onto yourself very easily if you do the right things in that respect. And, and then people get used to you 
They, they really believe that you come here with a camera. They believe that this is serious work. And they sometimes also understand, in a sense, what you want to do. That this is not something fake, that this is not something created. And then you can suddenly start with these things. Then they redo things for you, but in a normal fashion. But it's, it's a very slow thing. It, it, you, you cannot come and do something. Filmmaking is a relationship with people, and this relationship you, you, you have to cultivate almost like a friendship. You have to go there, you have to, 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 to get to know people, you have to slowly get them attached to the idea that you will come with a camera, and that they will look at them, and that you will film them, and that it should look like normal. And after a while, pretty much everybody understands it. But like the first day, the first arrival, the first uh, immediate encounter is not going to work. It's like with photography. You take a photo camera, I go in front of you, make this, you make a stupid face, or you're going to slap me and say, what the hell, why are you sticking a camera in my face? So this is like the most aggressive step, but it goes further than that. Intimacy in front of a camera is something very difficult, like an actor. You pay for the intimacy. You give him 5,000 euro. And so he puts out his skills of being authentic. But a normal person doesn't have that. So he will not be authentic in, 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 the, in the very first moment you film it. So many documentary film, films, if you close your eyes, they're dead. If you, they're, they're, they're the same, and in that sense, they're dead. Because if you see a film where people sit and talk, you can close your eyes and the whole thing will be the same. Also, the, the distance that you put up to a person who gives an interview is so immense that he can tell you anything. So, I, 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 normally I say, if you're not able to film it, shut up in terms of filmmaking. Don't film if you can't film it. If you have a room full of guns, then either you manage to open the door, walk in the camera into that room and film the guns, but if you have a guy standing outside and said, this room is full of guns, then you're dead as a filmmaker. That's, that's not worth it. Then write an article or an essay or go to the radio but actually, you have to open the door and film the gun. That, has, that, that is always the task. You have to show it. Filmmaking is about visuals. And if you can't show it, you, you lost it. I, I, I never work in these kind of movies with actual assistant directors who know anything about film. I work with people. F I have the two most important people in each country for me is I always look for a guy who speaks both languages and that I get to like, and then I explain filmmaking to him, which takes about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and they, some of those people were my best assistant directors, much better than any professionals I had. And the second one, that in each country I look for a still photographer, because still photographers are the people who know their country. They, they go places where no, 
everybody else goes, especially like the kind of realistic photographer, not really the reporter, but like between the reporter and the artist. And they are my closest co-workers. They something, and, and I always say, do not make pictures that I make in the film, but make your own story with the photos. And then I get very different photographs from my imagery, but I still use it and, and I still pretend they're, movie, they're pictures from the film, which makes me very happy because I like patterns that spread out, that, that, that make it more open. I mean, it's, it's unsexy to have a, a, a film image then in a little photo, but a little photo can be very strong if it's a photo in itself. That, and, and so these people are like my closest companions well, thanks very much for listening. I uh, hope you took something uh, from the podcast and get a chance to check out some of Michal's work. Um, I know that his website, um, michaelglavoker.com, has more info on how you might be able to do so. Well, yeah, thanks very much for listening and hope to see you again sometime in the future. Um, all the best. Mm-hmm.